1: Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we talked about it last week, are called the Synoptic Gospels. Remember? Say amen. And they focus pretty much, they have the same format. Uh, They focus more on what Jesus taught and did in Galilee. The Gospel of John focuses more on who Jesus is and what he did in Jerusalem. The emphasis in John is the deity of Jesus. John's point is to show that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Word made flesh. John's gospel is beautiful and simple, sublime, transparent, and truthful. John is the writer of how many books of the New Testament? Look, y'all, I'm holding my fingers up. I'm not waving at you, okay? John is the writer of how many books of the New Testament? Five. The Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. At the time of this writing, All the other apostles are dead. John is the last living apostle. John is the first to follow Jesus and the last to die. John was the only disciple present at the foot of the cross. John's gospel opens before Christmas morn. John's gospel tells us what Jesus did before he ended up in the manger. John's gospel goes behind creation to show the baby in the manger was actually the creator of the world. John's gospel takes us back to the beginning to show us he had no beginning. You got a pen? Three reasons why we should believe in him is what we're going to talk about today. Three reasons why we should believe in him. Number one, we should believe on Jesus. If you're taking notes, number one, we should believe on Jesus because he is. It's on the screen for you, isn't it? Somebody read it with me. Because he is God. And we'll find that in verses one and two. And then secondly, we should believe on Jesus because he is who? The creator, verse 3. And then finally, we should believe on Jesus because, come on, read it with me. He is the originator of life and light. We'll talk about those three things. Why we should believe in Jesus? Because he's God. Say amen. Amen. Because he's creator, say amen. And because he is the originator of life and light in verse 4 through 5. Oh, let's do something a little bit different today. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to read verses 1 through 5 together. In the presence of the Lord, we'll read his word. Amen. 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 Yes. John chapter 1, we pick up in verse 1. Saints, I want you to read verses 1 through 5 with me and read it like you mean it. And then you'll get to sit down and I'll talk to you. John chapter 1, verse 1. Come on, read it with me. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Come on, read it. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the church said, Go ahead and take your seats if you will. I've titled this sermon, if you're taking notes, who and why. I shared with you last week in the introduction of John that Matthew opens his gospel beginning with the genealogy of Abraham and the roots of Israel to prove that Jesus is the right lineage to be the Messiah, yes? Mark opens his gospel with the story of John the Bee. Luke opens his gospel going back to the birth of Jesus and John. John opens his gospel starting with beyond the history. John opens his gospel beginning with eternity. Point number one, we should believe in Jesus because he is God. Look at verse one. In the beginning was what saints? The word. Now those words in the beginning should sound familiar, don't they? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, what happened? God created the heavens and the earth. So Moses in Genesis starts in the beginning of time. John, in the Gospel of John, starts in the beginning with God before time. John begins at a point you can't go back any further. John begins in eternity past. Now, when John says in the beginning was the word, listen, I need you to recognize the significance of what John is saying here. John is not saying the word was there. Listen. John was not saying the word was there when everything else started. John is saying in the beginning from all eternity, there was the already existing word. In other words, the word, did y'all get that? In other words, the word never had a beginning. The word was co-eternal with the Father. The word has eternally existed. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, the main thing you need to see here is that the word was God. The JWs, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they do not believe that Jesus is God. And they teach that Jesus is Michael the archangel who became a man. Therefore, since they deny the deity of Jesus as God, they have altered in this order. Because they deny the deity of Jesus as God, they have altered John chapter 1, verse 1, in the New World Translation. And in the New World Translation, it reads... In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Anybody know? And the word was, yes, ma'am. And the word was, a God. That's not what the Bible says. Now, listen, we don't have time in this forum to get into the details, but I just want to tell you that the correct translation of John chapter 1, verse 1, the correct translation is, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is how it's rendered in the NASB, the NIV, the KJV, the new KJV, the ASV, the RSV, the BPT, and, and the KFC. Hallelujah. It's everywhere. Sorry, it's third service. And uh, John tells us the word was God. Say say amen. amen. Not a God of many others. Now, when the Bible talks about the word, the Bible is talking about who? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the word of God. Now, how do we know that? Because many places in the Bible tell us that. You're taking notes, write this down. Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. John chapter 1, right here in verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of only the begotten Son, begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look at verse 12 of chapter 1. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. And so Jesus is the word who was in the beginning with God and who was God. Now the word translated word, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know this. The word translated word is the Greek word logos, logos, L-O-G-O-S. Logos is not a well-known English word, uh, but it's a very common word in first century Greek culture. Uh, keep in mind, John is writing to the Greeks and to the Jews, to a very diverse audience. The Greeks were, were, saw the logos as the power which put sense into the world. The Greeks saw the Logos as one that made the world orderly instead of chaotic. The Greeks saw the Logos as the ultimate reason that controlled all things. The Logos represented the soul of the universe. It was the rational principle from which everything else came. And then to the Jew, the Logos identified with the word of God. In the Old Testament, the word of God is connected with God's active power. Are you listening? Genesis one, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 33.6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. In the Bible, the word of God represented his actions, his self-revelation. John uses the word logos to capture the attention of the mixed audience. And so John is saying to both Jew and Greek, for centuries you've been talking and thinking and writing about the word, the Logos. Now I'm going to tell you who he is. John is simply meeting everybody where they're at and explaining Jesus in terms they already understood. So Jesus is God and that's why we should believe in him. And point number two, we should believe on Jesus because he is the creator. Look at verse two and three. John turns from the word's relationship to the father, to the word's relationship with creation. Verse three, all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, everything that exists. Listen to me close. Everything that exists owes its existence to the word. Say amen. And apart from the word, there is no existence. The created thing is never more powerful than the creator of that thing. Am I right about it? If I make a watch, I'm a watchmaker. And I'm more powerful than the watch. I can destroy the watch. I can dismantle the watch. I can do whatever I want to do with the watch. The thing created is never more powerful than the creator. If I make a pair of shoes... That makes me a cobbler. Some of y'all thinking peach. I ain't talking about no peach cobbler. Some of y'all, that's an old school word. Where my people at? That's an old school. Let me try it again. Y'all didn't hear me. Who understands the word cobbler? Where my people at? All right. There you go. Some of y'all young folk. A cobbler is a shoemaker. Haberdashery. Don't know the word haberdashery? Y'all think I'm speaking in tongues now, don't you? (laughs) I all like habba what? Habba, habba. <laughs> habba, habba. Haberdashery. Where you at, my people? Clothing. Some people call it hats. Some people even say that. Hats, clothing. But the creation is never more powerful than the creator. So everything, the birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees, and everything, including you, owe your existence to the word. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? All of creation speaks of the word. All of creation speaks of the word. Where do you get that from, Pastor? Psalm 19, 1 and 2. I have it for you on the screen. Can y'all read it with me like you mean it? The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. According to Psalm or David, creation, the heavens, the skies, the stars, the clouds, the birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees, all tell the story of God. All of creation is telling us that every day and every night he exists and his marvelous handiwork and and craftsmanship can be seen wherever you go on the earth. Huh? How can you go to the beach and not see God? Well, you think all that just came into existence because... The oceans roar, and the Bible says they praise the Lord. Come on, somebody, clap your hands, and say amen, will you? The trees. Yes. When the trees go back and forth and they swish, they give giving praise to God. When the birds sing, they give giving praise to God. Come on, put that verse back up there for me. I need to see it. I need them to see it. The heavens. Declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech and night unto night they do show forth knowledge. During the French Revolution, a soldier boasted to a peasant, we are going to pull down all that reminds you of God. And the peasant replied, then you'll have to pull down the stars themselves. Amen. Amen. All of creation testifies to the reality of God. Abraham Lincoln said, I can see how it might be possible for a man to look down at a man on earth and be an atheist, seeing man. But I cannot conceive how a man can look up into the heavens and declare that there is no God. Talking about creation and God's craftsmanship. Did you know the diameter of the earth around the equator is 7,926.6 miles? The earth's circumference is about 25,000 miles someone once reported that the earth weighed 6 million 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 tons i'm not sure about that because the earth orbits around the sun we know that so the earth is free falling and any object that's free falling in space is weightless almost like when an astronaut an astronaut is weightless when it's in orbit in order to weigh something you have to it has to relate to gravity pulling it down. So I don't know that anybody actually got the earth on a really, really, really big scale. (laughs) Not sure. Scientists tell us, (laughs) I'm just saying, the scientists tell us the earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour on a 23 and a third degree axis. The Earth travels through space 19 miles per second. That's 66,000 miles per hour. That's 1,000 times faster than most travel down 440. <laughs> I said most. Therein is a the keyword, word, most. The Earth flies between 500 million miles every year. No wonder we're so tired. The Earth is huge, but not in comparison to the sun. The sun's oh. diameter is 866,000 miles from one side to the other. Scientists say you can fit, get this, one million Earths inside the sun. The sun is small compared to a star called Antares in our galaxy. You can fit 64 of our suns in Antares. The Milky Way galaxy is 10,000 light years At the center of the Milky Way is about 30,000 light years dense. It's 100,000 light years in diameter. That means to travel the length of the Milky Way, it would take 100,000 years traveling at 186,000 miles per second, which is the speed of light. Saints, I tell you all that to tell you this. All of that was spoken into existence by the Logos, by the Word, by Jesus Christ. Am I right about it? All of that. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, it tells us, For by him all things were created, write it down, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, thrones and dominions, principalities and powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Well, we talked about creation, let's talk about man for a moment. Psalm 139, verse 14, I have that for you on the screen as well. Come on and read that with me. I will praise you. Oh, I need everybody to read that with me. Start over, read it with me. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Let's leave that verse up there as well. The human DNA, you know, is incredible and unique. The DNA code functions like language based on four chemical letters. Each piece of data is like a letter that has to be arranged in a certain order. The data spells out specific instructions which the cell will follow to the letter. Get this. One single cell gives the blueprint for the construction and the function of the entire human body. Every cell in your body contains a coded language that communicates specific instructions that that cell will understand and follow. Researchers have identified three billion chemical letters that constitute the human genome. Genome is the entirety of the genetic information. I told you that every cell in the body has coded language, didn't I? Well, scientists have uncovered the text for that language, but according to John Bloom of Biola University, they have the language, but they don't know how to read it. Each cell in our body contains the same DNA. And yet some cells decide to become liver cells and other cells decide to become brain cells and other cells decide to become heart cells. Why? Because the genes are differentially turned on and off and the genes are being turned on and off by factors outside of themselves, argues John Wells, author of the icons of evolution. Uh, You didn't know you were coming to science class today, did you? It's reported that when you take a deep breath, get this, you just inhaled 150 million air molecules that Jesus, the Logos, made. It also reported we leak a trillion atoms every one millionth of a second. So right now, atoms are leaking out from your being. So literally, by the time we leave service, we will be all over each other. Isn't that gross? <laughs> Get this. The lining of your skin turns over every two to four weeks. The average human being sheds 40 pounds of skin in a lifetime. That's 40 pounds of skin, not 40 pounds of fat. All right? Some of y'all like time. Man, I said skin. So last night, I'm doing all this Talking about you know genome and um, genome and uh, you know DNA and all of these you know facts and whatever. And last night of all nights, there was a, a lady in that visited. This was our first time in church, and she was like a, a chemical biologist or something, like one of those really smart people. You ever met some of those people? They're like super smart. You met those people? If you're here, where are you? Please stand. So she came up to me after service and I'm doing all this talking and she came up to me after service and she goes, Pastor Rodney, I just want to tell you that, you know, I am a, a chemical biologist or whatever, of the technical laboratories of uh reservatories. So I said, oh, well, great to meet you. That's great. My first time here tonight. Oh, great. You enjoy service? Yes. She said, and she said, I'm going to tell you. She said, I was listening to you when you were talking about all the, you know, the DNA and the cells and stuff like that. And she says, Pastor Rodney, I want to tell you everything you said was exactly right. And I said to her, it's because I got like that. <laughs> if you're smart, you're smart. Tell me more. Oh, hey, she so don't know I studied for nine weeks to learn <laughs> to learn four facts. I learned nine weeks. I've been studying so much, so much. So every cell, get this, has about a trillion atoms. <laughs> I'm a preacher, not a scientist. Every cell has about a trillion atoms, and there's approximately ten to a hundred trillion cells. In the human body, your body is making over a trillion cells every day. The DNA of a single cell is about five feet long. If you take all the DNA from all the cells in your body, if you stretch, they'll stretch out about 10 billion miles. Think about that, 10 billion miles of information in just the cells in your body. Scientists and people on the cutting edge of technology tell us that there is no way that slime can become a molecule. There is no way that a molecule can become a fish. No way a fish can become a lizard. No way a lizard can become a monkey, and you guessed it, you know where I'm going. No way a monkey can become a person. No way. I'm not making this stuff up because there is a distinct. Here's why. Because there is a distinct language written there and that language isn't distinct in humans. It's in each human being. Each human being has its own distinct genetic code. Genesis 1:25, that everything was made after its kind fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely made are you but why paul said in colossians you are made by him and for him god's revelation of himself is tied to creation john says all creation owes his existence to the logos the word jesus there's nothing that is outside of the range of his activity he's in control of everything say amen